This is by Welcome to episode 120 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. On today's show, we're talking to Lucas Carlson, founder of PHP Fog. Welcome, Lucas. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, uh, Lucas, why don't you tell us about how uh, you got started on uh, PHP Fog? You know, how did you come up with the idea, and what were your first uh, steps? Yeah, so I've been doing web development since I was very young, and I did eight years of PHP development professionally before learning Ruby. And so I've had side projects all the time. I had Ruby side projects and PHP side projects. And for my Ruby ones, I was just completely in love with Heroku. And I used it all the time. And my PHP ones, I still had to do all those work myself. I had to set up the servers, manage them, maintain them. I wondered why nobody had built anything like this for PHP. And this is about seven months ago. So I put a landing page up that kind of described the value proposition, described what it would do, and a link on Hacker News. And within one day, 800 people had signed up for this service. So at that point, I decided I had to build it. Wow, that's cool. Well, when you put it up on Hacker News, I mean, how many how many points did it get? Was this something that was pinned up at the at number one or for a long period of time? Because 800 is a lot of signups. Yeah, it definitely was pinned up. It was something that uh, was on the homepage for quite a while because. There was a lot of interest. This was something. This is one of my first ideas that had a lot of traction. So did so did you uh, bootstrap this idea, or did you fund this? Are you, like, are you kind of going a funding route? Yeah. So I started out uh, with just my own money. Uh, did all the programming myself at the start, and I looked for a designer to to do the design because I am very bad at design. So uh, I just threw it together myself and hired the designer and got a very basic working prototype. Uh, at that point, I brought in a few people, and we had a few dozen people using the service, uh, some of them actually paying me, uh, at which point I switched gears and started to do fundraising. How did you, how did you get your first customers? Uh, the first customers uh, were people that I either found, I knew about, or, uh, or came through this sign-up process. Uh, but a lot of them I had very personal one-on-one contact with and uh, making sure that I was delivering on their needs. The whole process has been always build a vit- minimal viable product and, and make sure that it's only as much as, uh, as people actually need. I mean, how did you choose out of 800 people, okay, these are the few people I'm going to focus on? Uh, they were the first ones to sign up. <laughs> oh, simple as that. So, so take us through your, uh, your search for funding. I mean, if you're building this on, on the side with uh, your own money, and I assume you're, is this all savings, or were you um, doing some contracting work as well to pay the bills? Yeah, this was from savings. Uh, I wasn't doing any contracting work. I was the lead developer at MOG, a music streaming service. Okay. And um, uh, this was just a little side project I had, and uh, I was just doing it all on my own. And once I got it to a point where I could basically get it working, uh, I decided to quit MOG and do this full time. And so that's when I started to do some fundraising. 
And I started out by going uh, down to the Bay Area. I live in Portland, and we're based in Portland, uh, and tried to do fundraising with venture capitalists. And so I started to get to know them and uh, build relationships. But after a few weeks, I realized that it's not a binary process. It's a relationship-building process. And so I turned my attention to angels and started building relationships with angels. And uh, uh, that's how we, we raised the first 300000 And I was very happy with that amount of money. We are going to – I hired my first contractors, and we started to really build out the product. Uh, and at that point, when we were finished fundraising, that's when – some of the venture capitalists that were really excited decided to come in and help me finish out the round. How many angels did you have in the first place? And did they all come in in one go or like, did you get a, a big group funding or did you start off with one or two angels? How did that work? Yeah, we started out with, uh, we ended up with around nine angels, which is quite a lot. Um, and uh, at the beginning, it was just a single angel, uh, Founders Co-op up in Seattle. Chris DeVore believed in me and what I was doing and put in at the first 100,000 which was very exciting and a big boost. Yeah, 100,000 uh, is a is a is a sizable investment in an angel round, right? I mean, usually they range away about 25 to 50, is yeah. that, isn't that about right? Yeah, that's right. He was he was our lead angel. Okay. And, and so did he he brought in the other guys as he he sort of he, was he the one who sort of corralled these other angels or did you pick them out yourself? Uh it was both. I I corralled them. Uh I I basically led the round. So so once you'd got the the angel angel round what what happened and how did you get back to the VCs and then when, when did discussions start being start coming in of like okay now we're going to put in some more money? Yeah, uh, well, I'd never stopped talking to venture capitalists. Um, it was all about building relationships and watching traction over time. Uh, so for them to see me having raised uh, my goal money in angel money was a big traction point, and uh, they were asking me. Could I do more in less time with a with a venture round? And the answer definitely in this in this market, uh, the the platform as a service market is very hot, but you need to move quickly, and and so that's what we did. Is is that why you decided not to say bootstrap it yourself and just you know try and build off of customer revenue? Yeah, uh, the ideas that you pick when you're building a startup uh, lend themselves to a certain kind of uh, fundraising and. I initially thought that I wanted to bootstrap uh, whatever company I would create, but when I started building this platform as a service company, it quickly became evident that if I bootstrap it, uh, I'm going to be behind. Uh, the people, uh, other people are going to move faster, and this is a land grab market for, for platform as a service, so I had to move fast. Right, right. And... um you know, when, when the first people you were hired, I mean, what were you having them focus on? I mean, because I'm, I'm curious that you have this idea of building it out, but it's, sometimes it's hard to figure out exactly what you should be doing and what kind of people you need to bring bringing in first. Yeah, uh, for me, it was pretty clear I needed a front end developer and a back end developer, somebody to focus on the user experience, make sure that it looks and functions really well from that end, and then somebody to work on the infrastructure layer to make sure that it scales and works. And so that's kind of uh, the first two contractors that I hired. When you started working with customers in the very first place, when you really were kind of proving this, was your focus on the user experience front-end side of things or was your focus on the back-end? Uh, it's kind of funny because I actually, when I was first programming at night, uh, building the back-end because it was so much fun. Uh, 
Uh, we as programmers love to build complicated systems, and it was really juicy and fun. Uh, <laughs> but a few weeks into this, I realized this is getting me nowhere, uh, and I need to approach it from the other side. So I basically built the, the shell HTML that would be what people interact with and figured out from there how to do the backend. Uh, at that point, things moved a lot faster, and I had a product pretty soon after that. Now I, I noticed you read a, a you wrote a book called uh, I guess the Ruby Cookbook for O'Reilly. That's right, from O'Reilly. And, yep. Yeah, and as a Ruby guy, it would seem. Um, I, I mean, I would find it surprising that we would start a PHP company. Most Ruby guys that I know, or at least the ones that I read about, seem to be you know solely focused on the Ruby world and have little to no interest in working in PHP. So, what are your thoughts on? I mean, what made you want or uh, just, yeah, I guess, what made you want to work on uh, PHP? Yeah, well, I've always loved PHP. I've had a strong background, eight years of development in it. And my philosophy is the right tool for the right purpose. And PHP has some awesome tools uh, to develop web pages very quickly. Um, and so I've always embraced uh, picking picking those tools based on their utility. Right, right. And um you know, one thing I guess would be curious is like, so Heroku was bought by Salesforce.com for what? Was it $250 million or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. And that was a couple, about a month or two ago? Yep. Um, how did that affect, um, I mean, you, had you already raised uh, your, your $8.1 million, your $1.8 million, I'm sorry, before the sale or was it after the sale? It was before the sale. And it was funny because... Uh, when I was talking to a lot of the venture capitalists, it was bef- way, well before the sale. And uh, many of them said to me, I was comparing myself to Heroku. And many of them said, uh, we don't know if Heroku is a success. And so uh, it actually made it harder for me uh, comparing myself that way. Um, and then afterwards, after the sale, <laughs> I got phone calls from the same people <laughs> asking if the round was still open. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'd, I'd already closed the money. <laughs> All right. They were cool right. Yeah. Um, so uh, could you give us any parallels between Heroku and PHP Fog? I mean, what are you doing similarly and what are you doing differently? Yeah, I think that Heroku had a lot of things right with user experience. Um, I've taken a lot of notes to, and the user experience for, uh, creating an app quickly, getting it started quickly, uh, instant gratification, uh, are all very key components for me. Uh, the place that things start to differ is that PHP developers are quite different from Ruby ones. And the typical PHP applications have different needs than what Heroku provides. And so one of the biggest uh, glaring differences is that in Ruby, everybody starts from scratch. So you build from an empty uh, Ruby on Rails, usually, uh, website. In PHP a very strong majority start from uh, existing applications like WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, and build on top of those, adding themes, adding plugins. Uh, or they have a wide variety of framework choices like Kohana, Zend, Symphony, Cake, uh, to choose from. So it's quite a different ecosystem, and so we decided to really embrace that. And one of the things we do is we let people quickly get started. Uh, you can click and have a WordPress installation in a few seconds, and that installation can scale up with your needs. 
Will the WordPress ins- it, uh, does it kind of auto take care of um, security issues and things like that? Auto update. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of security built into our systems, uh, just because we have completely separate layers for everything. So none of the servers that actually run uh, PHP are accessible externally from the internet. They're all internal to our systems. Um, and uh, we are working on adding some custom configuration to uh, the WordPress, adding great plugins to let you do caching better and security better. Um, that's definitely down the line. So by, by calling your uh, company PHP Fog, I mean, do, do you feel like you're limiting yourself in terms of um, your brand? I mean, for instance, one thing that I would think would be really interesting is is being able to host Node.js type applications, which which are really of the of the sort of real time or soft real time uh, category. Right. I mean, would you, um, you know, first of all, would you ever host host something like uh, Node.js? Uh, and secondly, would you ever change the name, or would you just have like Node Fog or Python Fog or Ruby Fog? Yeah. Um, yes to both answers. Yes to all answers. Uh, okay. But here's the way I'm approaching it. Uh, I'm a guy who loves to take notes from successful companies, and two of the companies that have influenced me a lot are Amazon and Heroku. Uh, Both have started with a very, very limited uh, value proposition. Amazon only sold books for many years. Heroku only does Ruby for quite a while. Uh, And so I really want to focus on an extremely good user experience for a PHP developer, and branch out from there. Right. Okay. So, um, but the one thing I, I, you know, with say Heroku and Amazon is they have sort of generic names that can mean anything. I mean, when you were thinking of PHP Fog, was that a consideration? I mean, what? How do you feel about the, the name sort of boxing you in? Yeah, uh, we have some plans that uh, are yet to be announced. Okay. Um, and t- talk to us uh, through the design, because you talk about the, the importance of design. I mean, how did you find a designer, and how much did it cost to get started with a good design? Because if, you know, obviously design isn't free, uh, and it's really important. Um, and in the early stages, you don't have a lot of money, so you got to figure something out. How, how did you solve that? Yeah, so uh, I have no design skill at all, so I definitely need a designer. Uh, at first, I looked at 99designs. But then I found a, uh, a recommendation from a founder friend of mine, and that turned out to be a great recommendation. Uh, so I spent about uh, a few thousand dollars um, getting a really good design, which I thought was very important. Um, well, PHP Fog, PHP Fog looks really nice. Is that design, was that the first designer? Have you iterated on it and changed the design since then? Yeah, I've iterated on it, and we've hired another full-time designer. Can you talk us through um, the kind of general, like what what you actually offer to to a guy like me? Like I, I have a I have a web app called Plugio, which is basically a Twitter productivity tool, and I'm hosting it on Rackspace on a forty buck uh, virtual server, and um, that has a dedicated IP. I used to be on Cloud Sites, which kind of had one shared IP, so there was like thousands of sites all sharing the same IP. On on PHP Fog, do you have a dedicated IP or do you have shared IP? You want is it like a shared system? How does it work? Yeah, so that's a great question. It starts out at a shared level. So you don't have to pay anything for the shared tier. It's free. And what you get there is uh, 
you actually get more than what you would in Rackspace. You start out with a caching server, which really speeds things up, a load balancer, which is important for later. I'll mention that soon. Uh, you get a shared Apache on the free level only. Once you start paying us, you instantly start going into dedicated servers and uh, a shared database level. What about bandwidth? What do you get bandwidth-wise for free? Uh, right now, we're not limiting bandwidth, but uh, we're in private beta, and that's going to be changing when we go public. So is that is that, I mean, is that really going to work? I mean, in terms of a business model, can you really take that through? I mean, I don't know any hosting company that offers their service for free. Uh, yeah, so that's a great question. We're approaching problems as they become absolutely necessary. We're still in private beta, and figuring out how to rate limit bandwidth uh, at this point uh, before we have a lot of customers that are taking advantage of that uh, doesn't make sense. And everything for me is what do we need to get to the next level? But there's, there's so much, I mean, I've read so many blog posts and articles by people who say that the worst thing you can do in the world is to offer something for free and then take it away. Yeah. Uh, well, our free tier is, is, we're, we are in private beta, and it's constantly changing. It's, it's morphed quite a lot from when we started. Right. And our users are very understanding. Um, we've, we've explained to everybody that, that li- bandwidth limiting is going to come. Uh, we're just working on it. And uh, do you have your own server farm? Are you using something like Amazon? Where, where are your servers, and how? I mean, what, what are your plans for your, infra- your server infrastructure going forward? Yeah, so we're built right now on Amazon, but our entire technology structure is completely agnostic. So we could be on any other infrastructure provider uh, out there. Um, but uh, so the idea is that when you start out on the free, you can move up into dedicated, and the starting price there is twenty nine dollars a month, uh, and you can get even more powerful servers up to two hundred fifty dollars a month, and uh, the nice thing is that as soon as you start moving up, we automatically seamlessly transition you. So that load balancer we talked about earlier uh, will start pointing to your dedicated server. Or if you need more than one, we can partition as many as you need, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100. When I'm paying 29 bucks a month, am I paying you guys 29 bucks a month and then I'm also paying a separate fee to Amazon? Or is no, it just 20, bundled. It's bundled, just, just 29 to you. Okay. You know, I at what point I used? Well, I've used both uh, Media Temple's grid service, and I've also used um, Rackspace's uh, cloud sites. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I think with both of them, I was limited in the number of in, the, in in being able to install PHP extensions, and even some fairly common ones. I think one of them was that I needed at the time was Ming, which was like a, a PHP extension that would allow you to uh, generate um, Flash movies. Uh, dynamically, and and so the, that right there forced me to have to move to uh, a virtual private server. I mean, how much flexibility would I have uh, in being able to install any of the standard um, PHP extensions? Yeah, I'll tell you what we're working on, which is really exciting. Uh, the hard part about things like Rackspace Cloud is it's a shared environment, and so uh, people having to install different plugins all the time would would be really conflicting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with PHP Fog, as soon as you start paying us, you have your own dedicated servers. So it's some, a lot of the benefits of a VPS, but not having to actually manage or host it yourself. So w- what we're working on is a platform that lets you 
uh, install extensions on your, onto your dedicated servers. Um, uh, we're working on a bundling format to make that really easy. Right. And, you know, you, in terms of how you can scale up and down, I'm curious how that works because, for instance, my web app called AppIgnite is, or at least my, my beta version of it, is running on a virtual private server that I, I, I don't know what the specs on it are, but it was kind of an entry level $30, $40 a month kind of thing. And it can be pretty slow at times, whereas it runs on my, you know, my desktop really fast. I mean, how if I, if I see it just running slow, what do I say to you guys? Say like, this, I don't know what's going on. You know, do I need more RAM? Do I need more processing power? I mean, do you guys would you guys be able to tell me, you know, X, Y, and Z is happening, and this is you flip the switch and it'll go faster? Absolutely. There's a few things right now at this stage. We're going to be able to tell you that on a uh, support basis, and it's really easy for us to go in and take a quick look. Okay. Uh, we're working on uh, creating tools that will make this. R- really obvious in the user panel. And uh, the nice thing is that whatever kind of problem you have, is your server underpowered? Is, uh, are there too many concurrent connections? There are different ways to approach those, and we, can, we have ways to handle different kinds of scalability issues. Right. I mean, I really like the idea that you have sort of the ease of use of a shared server with the, um, I guess, sort of the independence or flexibility of a virtual private server, because I would fall in that category in that you know, I know a lot about programming, but I don't know a lot about Linux administration. And right. as soon as I started getting emails from the web hosting company that I got to update some kernel patch, and I could just, <laughs> I'm just like, holy crap, what do I got to do? You know, I, yep. I, mean, I just, I do so little of it that when I learn just enough to do what I need to do, and then by the next time I have to do something three months later, I've forgotten everything. And it's just, yeah. a, just a nightmare. That's um, very common. Yeah. So I, I really like that idea. And, you know, I guess a couple things I'd want to ask about is in terms of your caching, because I, I think I noticed on your blog you talk about you provide um, you provide caching, but I wasn't clear on you know do you provide is it like memcache for like caching query results or do you do byte caching like Zend optimizing? What kind of caching do you provide? And yeah, we you know. we provide a few layers of caching. Uh, we're still working on our memcache service, but that will be available soon. Uh, we do bytecode caching um, for PHP itself. And we do varnish HTTP cache, which is even faster uh, for what you, when you have semi-static content. Uh, our varnish can automatically take care of it for you. How does and it know it's, if it's static or not? Uh, by the headers that you send. So uh, they're sometimes, uh, depending on what kind of software you're using, WordPress has excellent plugins to automatically take advantage of setting the right headers. Um, uh, and if you're making a custom application, it's pretty easy. Uh, and these headers tell the caching server, yeah, this is okay to cache, clear this cache, or how long should I cache it for? For, for Plugio, uh, when I, I used to have it on Rackspace sites. And when it was on Rackspace sites, it was basically on a shared architecture. Um, an issue that I came up with was that someone else on my cluster had a WordPress instance, and that WordPress instance had a, you know, um, a couple of hundred thousand open PHP sessions. And that basically slowed down the, the NT file system so that then everyone else on the cluster was slowed down. And I wonder if you are going to have any of those issues or if you're kind of thinking about that and how you're going to deal with something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we're doing is we're contracting with some of the smartest MySQL experts in the industry at Percona uh, to come up with really great ways uh, both to limit the amount of uh, uh, overage so that people can't uh, abuse the system and, and 
take it down for everyone else and also have very good monitoring to make sure that uh, we can automatically move people off if we see them uh, abusing it for everyone else. Interesting. And so, so do, do the servers on the lower level share, do they, have the, do they use the NT file system? Uh, yeah, the, for our database level, uh, for the shared database level, it is a shared environment right now. Okay, yeah, because that's, that's basically, a, a, it's actually a bug at Unix level, like when, when there are too many file handles open. That, that right, then and one of the things we're doing is monitoring and uh, automatically moving people uh, almost seamlessly so that we can make sure that people don't have uh, that kind of uh, overtaking environment. Interesting. I'd like to ask you a little bit about your pricing structure and the kind of uh, servers that you get for at each level, and also how how hard is or what does it take to go from one level to the next? I mean, is it just a flip of a switch on a control panel if I want to move up? Or yeah, that's do I have to make a phone right. call and change billing the next day. How does that work? Yeah, so uh, we are working towards making it as simple as flipping a switch. For many of the scaling systems, uh, we can flip a switch on the front on the control panel right now. Um, uh, and for anything that you can't, we do it through support, but, uh, but uh, we're working on interfaces to make sure that the entire process uh, of scaling upwards is as seamless as possible. But what is the pricing structure? Uh, so it depends. So uh, if you need more servers to handle more concurrency, uh, it is a multiple of whatever plan you're on. Um, and if you uh, if you need more database, then you can select how much resources, and that's a monthly fee. If if I'm building a custom app and I want to put that on your system, in terms of scaling it, do I need to do any custom code to plug into some of your custom scaling stuff, or can I just plonk anything and I can go from a server that will cater to 100 users to a server that will cater to a million users just by flipping yeah, a switch? That's a great question. Uh, PHP in general lends itself pretty well to a share nothing architecture. But if you're creating a completely custom application, uh, you, you do have to keep some things in mind. One of the main things is session management. And there's a few ways to handle that. One is through database, another is through memcache, and there are other methods as well. Um, so there aren't a lot of things that you have to keep in mind, but you do have to make sure that you're... Uh, uh, but for the most part, uh, PHP applications do generally share uh, an architecture that can scale horizontally. So if I'm just using standard PHP session management, then I then I put it on your servers and I like code. Uh, I just kind of code the functions to use your your custom session management. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah that's right. Well, so that's not too much for change. It's like because yeah, there's what there's there's like the session callbacks or something. Yeah, yeah, is that what that's you right. right? Okay, and do you have do you have information on uh, you know on their website to say like, here are the five things that you might want to write to in order to scale your, your sessions and scale everything, use memcache. I mean, is there, yeah, that's actually a great question. I was, I was actually in the process of writing that documentation right now. Okay, great. <laughs> are you going to intercept MySQL queries and basically cache them in some way as well? Or are you, are you always going to be talking straight to the MySQL database? Uh, so that's a great question. We have very good configurations um, that we've built with the MySQL experts at, at Percona um, to do database caching within MySQL. Um, but we also have some options that we've been exploring and, and doing research and development on. 
for intercepting MySQL, um, especially for redundancy. So we're, we're working on systems that can automatically detect when there's a problem on one database server and move you off to a different database server that's hot and running uh, next, next to it. Um, and so those are the sorts of things that are coming up. We're really focused on building separate end-tier redundant layers for you. Yeah, well, how does that work for, for, for server replication and, and backup? Yeah, so uh, everything, every piece of code deployed on PHP Fog is in a Git repository. So it's really easy for us to deploy that, get that code through Git to as many servers as you need. And, and what about for, by, for your database? I mean, do you, do you automatically employ some kind of uh, a database replication or, or backup? Yeah, we do, we do that to make sure that we have very little uh, downtime. And um, we can also offer that on a one-off basis for dedicated MySQL instances uh, for people growing out of a shared environment. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know if you answered this before or not, but uh, you, did you, are you willing, could you talk about your, your actual pricing tiers at this point? Uh, yeah, so we start out at uh, around $29 a month, and that gets you a dedicated server. And uh, we have small, medium, and large servers, and the large ones go up to $249 a month. But currently, Plugio is on Rackspace, on Rackspace servers. What, what could you say to me that would make me go, okay, I think that I'm going to stop paying that $40 a month to Rackspace servers, and I'm going to move to PHP Fog? Well, I would start by asking, are you happy with the Rackspace servers? I'm pretty happy with it now, but the but the one issue that I've got, I do have to manage a server, but I don't know wh- whether uh, PHP Fog is going to mean that I don't have to manage a server anymore. That is absolutely right. You never have to worry about servers anymore. The idea with PHP Fog, you code, we deal with everything else. Do we I have a deal- unique IP? Does my server um, have a unique IP? We can give you a unique IP. We're working on uh, creating unique endpoints, uh, which works really well with SSL. Um, so yes, we do have that feature coming very soon. Because for, for example, for me, and I would imagine for a lot of people, like I need a dedicated IP um, because I'm, I'm connecting to the Twitter API and they whitelist me. And that was a problem that I had on Rackspace sites was that because there was a thousand people showing the same IP, it was just causing me a lot of problems. Ideally, I would need, you know, ultimately to scale to maybe three IPs. So if, if that can be in the system, that will be very good. That is a few weeks away in the development cycle. And what, what price point is that? Uh, we haven't worked out the exact details yet, but I'd love to talk to you about it. So um, you've, you've, you have well, 1.8 million of funding. I'd be curious, what's your focus now? I mean, are you hiring people? Or are you, how are you deploying, deploying the money? Yeah, so it, it is almost all deployed into uh, the team and hiring. And so uh, we have a team of nine employees right now. And uh, we're pretty good and really filled out well. Uh, really excited about our team. It's some of the best developers I've ever worked with. So uh, it's really exciting to be uh, really pumping out quickly. How did you source the? How did you source the developers like that? Usually that takes three months in its own right just to get a few guys. Like how did you get set up so quickly? Yeah, there was a few factors. To that one is that I had some great recommendations from some of my excellent advisors, um, and uh, the other is just working on a really fun technical project. Um, working on something that uh, attracts developers, something really uh, meaty, um, is kind of like putting a flame for a moth. <laughs> okay, that's cool. 
Right. And are you, do you guys have an office or is, are you like a, a virtual uh, company? Yeah, we just recently got an office and we're really happy with it. Right. And so do you, is it the kind of thing where people really are working in the office or is it, or is it more like people show up every once in a while, but people tend to work at home a, a lot of the time? Yeah, we, we started out working at home a lot of the time. And um, now we're really happy to be working together in the office. Is it just like a lot more energy and it's just get more done when everybody's there and yep. fired up about it and yeah. doing off one another? That's right. You worked at Adaptive Path for a little while, right? Yeah, that's right. I worked on their um, uh, measure map, which was uh, uh, eventually sold to Google. What's Adaptive yeah, Path? Yes, so Adaptive, Adaptive Path is a pretty big deal. I mean, they're like one of the leading... Uh, I guess user experience, and I don't know, maybe even web consulting firms. Uh, and uh, they, it was it Jesse James Garrett, the guy who uh, coined the term uh, Ajax and wrote the first white paper on it. Was yeah, that's of- right. Yeah, he was my boss. Oh wow! So it must have been pretty excited to work there, especially with the emergence of the Web 2.0 uh, a era of uh, I don't know the web. I mean, you, were you there during that time? Yes, that was very exciting. Uh, it was really great to work with such talented people. Did you get, um, well, two things, I guess. One, did you get sort of the, the startup bug com- coming from that environment? Because I think a lot of startups would use Adaptive Path to help them really uh, fill out, uh, flesh out their UI and take them to the next level. And I, I, would, I would think that having all these, working with a lot of startups would be sort of intoxicating. Yeah, well, I've always actually wanted to do my own startup. Um, before I worked for Adaptive Path, I wanted to do my own startup. And uh, I was actually doing contracting at the time uh, for startups. And what I would do is I'd build prototypes so that the founders could go out and, uh, and raise money. And I kept doing this over and over again. And I asked myself, why am I not doing this for myself? Uh, and so I was about to do my own startup when I fell in love with the last contract, which happened to be Mog. Right, and and you just felt like you would just stick with that for a while, and yeah. And so I, I started there as the first technical hire. Uh, I wrote most of the code, built the systems, hired the team, managed the team, and was the lead uh, technology guy for the last five years. Right, right. And uh, what about uh, you, the, your ability to leverage that network? I mean, I would think that having worked in that environment and around those people, that you would know a lot of people in the stuff in the software and startup world. Did, did, did that help out when you were trying to get PHP Fog going? Uh, what helped more than that was uh, being at a startup uh, from the beginning. So being able to see all the stages of startup um, and helping build that, uh, it was kind of like being a founder without being a founder. Um, right. It really gave a lot of... Uh, uh, reality behind what I could do with PHP Fog when I went to talk to venture capitalists. What's your goal for being profitable? Um, I, my goal is that I set for myself, I want to be profitable this year. Interesting. And, and, that, and so you mean profitable to a point where you've kind of made back the funding and you... you you're, oh, no, no, not that, not, not that profitable yet, but, uh, but cash flow positive, yeah. I, I noticed that you, uh, yeah, I think you studied physics at Reed College, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And you wrote a paper on computa- a computational study of quantum chaos. That's right. Yep. So I, I'm curious. I mean, were you initially planning on you know getting a PhD in physics, or was just physics just something you enjoyed and you always had a you knew you were going to go into say the uh, software world because it sounds like you were doing software when you were younger. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, I've always enjoyed physics, but I, I knew that I was going to go into software. It was uh, to develop skills outside of computation. Right. And uh, so when you were there, I mean, did, did you do it? And you, was it pretty clear that you weren't going to go on to get a PhD? Or, or uh, I mean, what was your thinking? Yeah, it was pretty clear that I wasn't. Right, right. Um, and Reed College, that's where uh, Steve Jobs went, right? For at least a yeah. quarter? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he dropped out? <laughs> he, well, he actually uh, couldn't afford to keep going, uh, but was auditing classes for the rest of the year. Huh, that's funny, right? Because I was thinking, he, I remember hearing that he took uh, classes on, um, I think, calligraphy and some other things that sort of randomly turned out to help him in his, uh, what he did with the Mac in terms of typography and everything. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Um, is is uh, you know, Reed College is one of these kind of uh, very, um, I don't know, flexible environments where you can kind of define your own path. Is that right? Yep, uh, that's right. In the, and it's like up in, it's like kind of up in the middle of nowhere. Is it up in the woods? Uh, no, it's actually in the middle of Portland. No, oh, I... Well, I guess Portland's kind of middle of nowhere, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, well, that's, that's these are my next question, though. Um, you know, being in Portland, I mean, what, what made you decide to build the startup in Portland if you had to come down to raise money in Silicon Valley? I mean, were you tempted to just come down to the Bay Area somewhere and, and build it there? Um, there were times when I was considering it, but uh, Portland is a great community for development. And uh, there's a lot of uh, competition down in the Bay Area that's not as uh, competitive up here. And so I was able to find uh, talent that I, I would either have to pay a lot more for or not even be able to find. Did anyone move to Portland to work on your project? Uh, yes, uh, we we hired a project manager from um, from Microsoft in Seattle. Cool. Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of people talk about how nice uh, Portland is. It's beautiful. It's uh, actually reasonably priced compared to some places like uh, San Francisco. Um, and I guess the other thing about being up in a place like that is not only might it be you ha- might only it'd be a little less expensive to hire talent, but I would think that you wouldn't have to worry about losing people who would be jumping ship every six months. To the yeah, next. definitely. It has, it definitely, I, I believe has a stronger development environment. What, what kind of culture do you have in the office? Like, do you have foosball tables or are you all kind of just uh, working pretty hard 24 seven? Well, uh, we actually bought a Wii and none of us have used it. <laughs> <laughs> Because you, you know what, you guys are having fun solving the problems. That's, yeah, it that's is a lot fun, of fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. Thanks so much, uh, Lucas, for coming on the show. Um, yeah, it's been really, really great interview. Um, very interesting. I'm excited about PHP Fog because I'd really like to use it myself. I think that would be a, a a great thing for the stuff that I'm working on. So yeah, uh, I will send you guys invites if you don't have them. Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see if you can convince me to move Plugio from Rackspace to PHP Fog. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to try. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Great. That's a wrap. We're out. <laughs>